Hey jerks, it's H-Face coming at you up front because I want to let you know that this is a very special episode. We have uh, amazing comic, good friend of the Jerk Practice, good friend to Hans, third person, uh, to me, Casey, Henning, the whole crew, longtime supporter and all around genuinely good and hilarious guy. John F. O'Donnell is on the podcast with us. Um... He's got a lot of amazing things going on right now. He's got a lot of really cool stuff happening. And we just have a really, really awesome conversation. Uh, Johnny is uh, a pretty intense guy, a pretty prolific guy. He talks a lot of politics. And so you're going to get a lot of knowledge and you're going to get a lot of uh, intercepting comments about Nolan Ryan and Sean Kemp from Casey and I, as you come to expect from the Jerk Practice podcast. So it is a really um treatful bifurcated episode of idiocracy and uh hopeful democracy um so john f o'donnell's on the pod and just a heads up you can check out and subscribe to his newsletter at jfodnews.com that's j-f-o-d-n-e-w-s.com he's got a lot of amazing stuff he puts in there you can find out all the information of what he's up to right now he just dropped his latest comedy special on moment of clarity with lee camp's youtube page so go to moment of clarity with lee camp on youtube and you'll be able to stream or watch his stand-up special the manic depressive chocolate operator uh i mean johnny's amazing if you haven't checked out his comedy you are in for um you're in for a real treat and this is this is his latest outing so it's johnny in his prime and of course he has his podcast now. It's called Take Your Pill Psychopath, where he exploits uh, mental wellness for his own. Uh, um, oh, I am a Swiss cheese head, as he calls me later, for his own personal gain. Uh, and you can check me out on that podcast uh, either most recently or somewhere in there. But start from number one and make sure to subscribe, rate, and review his pod and ours i think that's enough for me guys i love you and there's nothing you can do about it stay safe out there and stay away from south carolinians and florida and texans and californians and americans in general we'll get you sick jerk practice jerk practice sketch boys love to reminisce yeah yeah that's it we're 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 hot baby we're live oh well i just started I just started my Zoom track. <laughs> oh, we have, you know what? In Johnny's defense, oh, we haven't no. done the clap. I introduced him to the clap a couple weeks ago. Ready? <laughs> Not Ready, the Casey. sexually yeah. transmitted disease. And then, then Casey, you take it from there. One, two. How can I be off, like, more off clap? Yes, the clap did not fucking help me at all. And <laughs> it took me forever to edit the first episode because the audio track mm. you sent me had this buzz behind it. Mm. And I tried desperately to figure out how to get rid of it. I tried in GarageBand and then I tried in Audacity and I couldn't do it. And then you just sent me, and after I was already done editing, I was like, okay, I'll just get it fixed for the second and third one. And then you were like, Oh, yeah, I should have just sent it to you without the buzz. You don't want the buzz? That's authentic. (laughs) Yeah, no, it wasn't authentic. It was not authentic. I was, like, looking up tutorials. I was like, oh, I have to change the gate. I have to change the decibels on the the floodgate or whatever the fuck it was called in the fucking... Oh, but you can't do it too much because then you'll lose the uh, the audio of the speaker. 
So then I got rid of Johnny, the silence in between. It was the kerning. You didn't even adjust the kerning. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, I hope I could do stand-up comedy and transition into being a shitty audio engineer. <laughs> that was always my fucking long, that was my long, my long con. But it's all good. You know, we learn, we live, we learn. Da-da-da-da-da. So did we did we start yet? Yeah, literally seventeen minutes and forty three seconds ago. Well, it's a postmodern. I'll tell start, you what's cool Johnny. is what's cool about it. It doesn't feel like we've started, so I think that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> it's, so, it's so natural. It's Duchampian. <laughs> I'm our welcome to the Jerk Practice Podcast. I'm our mutt, Casey's. Oh. I'm purple, <laughs> and, and with us is as a concept, not the yeah. color, just a concept. He, I'm Prince's boots. <laughs> Dude, I don't even understand what you guys are talking about. Oh, no. Oh. Bring us Fuck. in. Bring us in, King. Johnny O'Donnell, how are you? I'm good, dudes. I'm, uh, you know, I'm in the fucking center of the maelstrom of the fucking storm, dude. Suburban New Jersey, you know, at my mom's house and. The bedroom that I lived in in middle school, looking at my old baseball cards and just fucking fomenting revolution from my fucking bed like that Oasis song. Have you, know? you found any, <laughs> and just a heads up, everybody, I put a nice sweet uh, intro on this, introduced everybody that doesn't already know you, but who doesn't know you already? Any sweet- You go with a lot of, lot, any, a lot of people. <laughs> no, 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 no. Any sweet uh, baseball players that you had long forgotten? Well, I'll tell you who I like, Nolan Ryan. Oh, he's a racist. <laughs> the Express. But he's the Express. Ex- oh, no, Nolan Express. Ryan got canceled. Express. He <laughs> he expresses his racist beliefs to people who are listening. Oh, no. But he's, he's only racist against white batters that give him the stink eye. Ah. <laughs> then he gives him the undercut. Oh. <laughs> Wait, is Nolan Ryan like a known racist no i don't think so but oh, okay you heard it here first oh and maybe only. would that mean that it, yeah would that mean that would that mean this is gonna be fucked up i'm not gonna say it. <laughs> he's racist against white people yeah. he's so progressive okay what i want to say first is this i could go either way with the the statue thing tear him down don't tear him down whatever keep him up put like a statue next to it of someone who was oppressed by the fucking asshole who has a statue i don't care statue statue do yeah. it whatever but i wanted to be like Wait, Nolan Ryan's racist? Does that mean I have to rip up his baseball card? His rookie? His <laughs> Don Ross? Yeah. yeah, yeah no, yeah. that Don. Save I got the Cal Don Ripken Jr. cards. He's probably racist, too. No, Cal Ripken <laughs> Sr., though. He beats dogs. <laughs> dog, big well, dog always. racer, Cal Ripken Sr. Yeah. I got a Daryl Strawberry card that I'm looking at. I got the Don Mattingly. Ooh, huh? Ooh, I got the 1990 Dandy Upper Deck. Ken Griffey Jr., son. That card is beautiful. Got any Ozzy Gian? Johnny, you're speaking there? my language. Ozzy Gian, <laughs> what do you think? I'm a fucking aristocrat? <laughs> he had so many gold gloves. Ricky Henderson. <laughs> oh, well, Ricky. Ricky Henderson. He's got some. He can some, steal bases. He's, he, you oh, said yeah, he, he had, had some substance abuse. He had a few disputes, but who am I to judge? I think he. What was his deal? Some substance abuse issues? D- uh, domestic violence. I he also there was that abuse, but he substantially abused women. Sorry, uh, again, you heard it here first, folks. I'm not sure if that's true. Negativo. I'm going after the MLB. 
They're opening up too early. Yeah, so I'm going after shit. their past. Okay. Isn't the N- NBA opening up with a mini season? Like a mini pocket season? Yeah, oh. but they're like, they're getting... Well, they're all playing in un- under one dome in Orlando? I don't know. I have some information on this. And we're all b-ballers here. Um, I play basketball almost every day across the street from where my mom's house is. There's this, like, field. It's called Peterson Field, and there's, like, these big ballparks and stuff like that. And then there's some basketball courts. And it's, it's open now, but it's been closed for the past couple months. But it's like I'm alone in the suburbs. Like, there's nobody there. It's not like the Corona boogeyman is going to, like, come in, into, like, human form and, like, jump into my nostrils. So I've been, like, running in there and playing basketball with my brother. And sometimes I'll be in there by myself. It'll be huge, and I'll feel like I'm this, like, eccentric billionaire who, like, owns this, like, <laughs> baseball field and just doesn't let anybody else go in. Uh, so we've been playing basketball. I played basketball the other day against this guy. He's, he played, he's, he's got a son, but he was there. He's, like, really tall and big, and he played uh, he played college ball, and he's got this amazing jump shot, and we play, uh, and he beat me 11-6, but we did pretty good. Ooh, you got six. Some layups in there? You got some finger rolls? <laughs> I got. I, I was just gonna say. I didn't I got, want to presume you had eight. You had six layups. Yeah. But. Well, no. I got some J's, some layups, some reverse layups. <laughs> I head fakes. Dum dums always fall for head fakes. It's crazy. You know what I mean? When there's no, not even need to jump. You know what I mean? It's. Uh, but it's Johnny like, was on. It yeah, seems comical because it's coming from Johnny. But I've played you, Johnny, numerous times. Johnny's got game without a doubt. Did oh, you? Yeah. Did you legitimately actually like play? Uh, no, I only ever played. I only ever played street ball. But I remember playing against you. When you were into basketball, for, I, I totally forgot about it until you just said it. And then I, I would beat you consistently. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty no, sure. I'm not good at all. <laughs> I love basketball, but I, I don't have a lot of... You do of, love it. I don't have a yeah, lot of strokes. You had, you, well, you, had, you, know what you, had? you had a lot of intensity, though. You did. You had a lot of fire on the court. You know who can that? ball like crazy? Rojo. I would do you are going to say Rojo. Yeah, right? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> he yeah. Is, He's very good. He is uh, amazing. He's good. Um, but you He's got good. some the game Lu- yourself. The Lucas brothers are fucking really good. Listen to this. Um, Johnny, you strong-armed me into playing you in tennis. I did? And you were like, play me in tennis. I love tennis. I like tennis. And it was like, I have played tennis. I understand the rules. And you were like, no, we're playing. We're doing it now. There are tennis courts. Oh, in LIC? Yeah. Yeah. How'd you do that? I was like, this is, this is not fun for me because I got cornholed, or not cornholed, like, well, backed into a tennis game you with John O'Donnell. Johnny, cornhole. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm such a monster, you know, that I want to share with you, you know, like I, I want to share with someone from like from the, the poor sad lands of South Dakota. A beautiful I'm, I'm picturing Johnny game of you the, the coastal, like the coastal elites he play. found in a dumpster. Right. He he brought a, a rat and I brought a lemon. No, I had Yonix RD7. Wa- yeah. <laughs> okay. Malavia Washington's racket. Okay. Yeah, try and cancel me I, now. John, I remember, and I'm not. I just you just were like, this is this is this is what we're doing right now. We're gonna do it. We'll have to. I want to pin how'd it go because I want to just quick uh, for those of you that listen to Johnny's podcast, which if you haven't, you need to take your pill, psychopath. Available on numerous platforms. Johnny will make sure you plug it all, and I'll plug it up front. But so we got in a little bit on how we know Johnny. You know. Um, comedy history but we'll get into it a little more concise especially since casey's here because we discovered my memory is basically <laughs> yeah. just has a backdrop of uh vacuum stores and sadness but um <laughs> but, but 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 i want to pin the basketball i want to if we i don't want to stop like remember when wimbledon was on when we lived with johnny and it was like if you mm-hmm. touched that remote 
it was like you ooh, watch yeah. your fingers that i've never watched so much te- i'm so glad you i never watched so much tennis in my and, life and we were so close to because we were in or was it the US like, that's Open? as close yeah, as okay. i've ever been to the tennis courts all i remember as a kid was like when tennis was on i was sad <laughs> Because that meant school was starting. Oh, wow. Like, that's, that's how much good. of a simpleton oh, I am. That's perfect. That so, of a... course, Johnny is like, hey, could you take that lemon to the tennis court and bat it around with me? Oh, hold on a I'm second, like, guys. Oh, yeah. Listen to me. What's really cool about tennis, like my old tennis coach, uh, you know, Mickey <laughs> Ferguson, <laughs> used to say. And... Pete Sampras? Are you going to tell us a, a Pete Sampras Ferguson story? Now? trained Pete. Tell me. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Mick Ferguson used to say, you know what's cool about tennis? There's no clock in tennis. You can be down 6-0, love 40, and you theoretically can come all the way back and win. There's no clock in tennis. It's pretty amazing how, yes, you have to have a certain threshold of a skill level in order to compete mm-hmm. that Casey will never achieve. That's fine. But, uh... But what I'm saying, just kidding. But, uh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I have a, a thing for tenant. Yeah. But anyway, I, I but can't Casey's clock is wrong like... 12 times a day. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> I, here's the thing I would be able in high school to be players who perhaps were more athletic than me because I would win the, uh, the, the mental game by every time like when i would hit a point that would be like cool like i would be like real fired up i'd be like yeah come on like a level of intensity that was borderline inappropriate and i would also <laughs> purposefully take a lot of time in between the points like when i was serving and stuff like that always be the same amount of bounce take a lot of time so the person would be like oh come on and then it, when they were serving i would always be like walk away i gotta look at my strings do my thing so to not allow them <laughs> Just the like. Oh wait, what time is it? Can I bounce yeah, it again? Yeah. Then, Sorry, I would guys, set the pace of the match. Slaps that watch. I would set the pace of the match. Yeah, yeah. I said the pace of the match. And uh, it's total control. You got the control. Yeah. Like it makes sense now. I mean, yeah. I mean, come on. But uh, the thing is, as a simp, I'm like, can you just hurry up and hit it back at me so I can hit it back at you? And you're like, no, no. Can I? This ball. I'm this sure ball. I would have been willing I don't to teach think so. you. Like, I used to teach tennis, Casey. You know, like, I could teach. Oh, you didn't want to teach. There I just wanted to kick your ass. He, he, he wanted to go to school, but he didn't want to teach. Let me ask you this. So, are we talking about, we're talking about pre-manic Johnny Alders, right? Oh, well, we, we can get into that. We're just talking about Johnny as an overarching figure in our lives. No, I mean, like, when I was making you guys watch the Wimbledon games, the U.S. Open games, that oh. was, like, normal Johnny, right? Yeah, yeah, wasn't that, like... that was normal Johnny. Yeah. That's tennis I'm just trying Johnny, to, we the truth is, Yeah, I'm trying to, yeah, okay, cool. That was, like, <laughs> we're having barbecues and we're having fun, Johnny. Just yeah. NJ, yeah. yeah. Okay, that isn't, like, uh, Casey, you know, uh, channeling the recently deceased Heath Ledger from the Joker. <laughs> right, no, but it's from the it is from, yeah, is it, from that is it era. Ice Road Truckers, like, I am so a... F- <laughs> oh my god, I loved it. Did, did, did we all love it or was it just me? It was just you. But I but you I loved sitting and watching it with you. I'd watch anything with you. It was fun. That was a fun, yeah. weird, converted living room. I watched so much tennis. That's yeah. what reminded me of it. I don't... It, tennis is you know, great. It's awesome. Mm. It, it's like, it's amazing. And I mean, it's like, dude, watching like a fucking, honestly, watching a Roger Federer, Rafa Nadal match, Casey, treat yourself. Mm. 
I tried to as I ate hot dogs for an entire month because I spent every cent that I have for that our, our comedy show birthday party. All right, we oh should. My we got. We got to roll. I remember we got to eat the hot dogs. You just had Did the hot dogs. Did we not dog? have hot dogs in that house for just like just ice road tr- trucker just break off a dog and throw it in a a oh pot? My God, how did we live? And we I, like, I, dude, I had the curtain up. Your old sheet. Like I had that curtain. That up. NFL <laughs> sheet or whatever. The NFL, old NFL. Yes, that's right. Barely the up. Mask the the baby mascot. Yeah, sheet. yeah. Yes. That, I, that I barely had the wherewithal to pin up. Like sort of <laughs> T- tape it. I got it worked out for me that I got that little hall closet for that room there. It was like in theory for other people it would have been the people's living room, and then. <laughs> yeah, but that's I remember weird. Casey though. had like a pretty much empty room besides like. The bed in the middle. But that was our big sort of like, hey, man, we're doing it. We got these shows at the creek. We're going to live it three weeks away. Three the 4th of away. July. We're doing a big show. We went to, what's it called? Like Co- Western Beef? I thought it was Costco. Because, or or, or Costco, Costco. What, whatever. One of those like big box stores. Because, Johnny, you had that old dirtbag car. Yeah. I did. I hit my just Nissan left Maxima. on the street, and you were like, eh, whatever. It's Dude, done. I had a 1992 Nissan Maxima that I gifted to New York City. I. <laughs> you donated it's it. It's funny. One, nine, I didn't donate it. I just got. I amassed a number of tickets that they towed it, and then I was like, ah, fuck you. Oh, it's a wanted man. <laughs> no, I'm a wanted man. Please, there was a there was a fucking DVD player in the trunk. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I, uh... some fucking bureaucrat. Some fucking fucking bureaucrat whose taxes I'm paying, whose, yeah. whatever, whatever, whose salary I'm not paying, fucking got fucking payday on that one, dude. They're probably watching You're fucking watching Air Bud and fucking watch your right now. John Woo movies on that, motherfucker. Yeah, I, dude. I had that written down, Johnny, because I did, it's a, it's, as, as everyone can tell, this is a very natural conversation, but I wanted, to, I was like, let me, let me write a couple of things down. Let me show our guest, John F. O'Donnell, some respect. And and throw and mm-hmm. I will read this list, but only because it's a list to be read, but um, and not competent questions that anyone should present their friend because they're so haphazard. A part of that car for you, so the car came up in my mind was getting rid of that car, uh, like emblematic of like some sort of like freedom or like starting over for you, like in New York, like I'm finally like in the middle of it. I can't just drive away from it. Was that, or was it just like, I could get arrested for this car? What is, because to be honest with you, LIC is like the one neighborhood in New York where it is feasible to have a vehicle, quite frankly. That's what I was, I was just going to say. I learned about those weird parking laws that are in Queens where it's just like, man, just park it and it stays. Like they don't do alternative side parking in Queens. And that was because of. Of, of you, John. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Hans. I really love that, you know. <laughs> the bureaucracy of parking. Yeah. Hans, I love that beautiful metaphor that you laid out. And uh, <laughs> that romanticized version of a guy having spent thousands of dollars on parking tickets recklessly for years to the point where he didn't really need a car but didn't really want to lose his car that way. Um <laughs> And then, uh, you know, I did some sort of mental Jedi trick to myself to be like, I'm free now. It's the rebirth or whatever. Um, <laughs> it was your chrysalis. Yeah, I'm you, going to go with no. Um, but thank you for that, Hans. 
Uh, I do think a product of your recovery is that you're starting to respect me too much. Uh, and, uh, it's a little bit gross. Um. <laughs> that is, that's funny. That's funny. I do, I do like people too much. That's for sure. But I love you. I love you. We know. We've talked about it. We talked for three and a half I hours. Know. Over three and a half hours, Hans. Well, people got to go and back. People love, people love I the only, first episode. I only, I only listened to the first episode. Well, I only released the first word. one so far. I'm, yeah, I'm working on the second one. Is it coming the, out is soon? It my I'm static saying, track? Take, my stat track? Look. No, I just didn't get around to editing it yet. Too much fuzz. There was too much pop, too much fuzz. I had to put Come out this on, fucking Hansi. video I made about CNN blatantly using a seven-year-old girl as propaganda in order to try to push us closer to the brink of war with Syria. Oh. Like a blatant, blatant fucking you know, betrayal of the American people. Like, they are straight up enemies. The corporate media actively present danger enemies of the American people, dude. And the left-wing corporate media and the right-wing corporate media create conflicting narratives around the same news topic and turn those two groups of fucking people against each other and trigger them every fucking day. And it's why we're at where we're at right now. We all need to realize it and come together as a nation because they are fucking us. The corporate media, they work on behalf of the corporate government because the levers of power have been taken over because the politicians are bought and sold bought and sold by the corporation. So it's not a traditional totalitarian state. It's an inverted totalitarian state because it's not a traditional state repression like Mussolini. It is corporate repression by these fucking soulless fucks that just by law have to maximize profit for shareholders at the expense of humanity. These fucking twisted fucks. So anytime anybody else is fighting across the left right the left right divide, we are being manipulated. And so I had to release that video. I'll get to fucking part two of your podcast, Hans. Mine. I'm just kidding. I'm you just went kidding. Mussolini. You know. You went Mussolini. But don't take down my statue of Ulysses S. Grant. Don't put a dashiki on him. Exactly. Don't do it. Wait. Exactly. Or the other Ulysses side of it. Grant. The other side of it is like who's taking down two Grant? Sides to that. There's two. Somebody's <laughs> taking down Grant. They are. They're taking People down Grant. Taking, they're taking down Grant statues, huh? Yes. They're going after Grant. Are we thinking Lee or Grant? Grant. Oh, because is it, does it have to, because he's anti-Semitic? His policies against um, American um, Jews? Does that happen? I don't know. Yeah, he was, no. he was a nasty. It happened. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. It's not that. <laughs> no, no. The, yeah, the Black I, Lives I Matter activists about are concerned the... about anti-Semitism. Uh, I was, I'm not saying they're not, but I'm not saying they're actively. That's not central to their... Why do they want to take right down now, Grant? And I don't give a shit, like you said earlier. I, and by the way, yeah, I know. on the sheet, it's not on the sheet, but it should have been on the sheet, is Johnny's political wherewithal. And you are very in tune and adept. And uh, was that always, like, when did you become actively um, involved in politics and, and deciphering all this stuff? Like, was that always there? Like, that questioning? Or It started in college. It started in college. Like, basically... When I started I college, then I wouldn't know. <laughs> okay, everybody listening at home, I joke. I asked Hans once if he graduated from high school because I looked at him and I thought he was like this trash human being, like basically like an amoeba with a fucking beard. You know what I mean? So I was like, this guy didn't go to fucking high school. He, he smells like he can't read. You know? So like I um I uh I asked him and then we had it's been a long running joke. The only reason that he graduated college that plus his need to like prove himself abstractly to nothing and then do nothing with the degree after already being a professional writer, then get a creative writing degree. Like it's almost like the reverse. 
ridiculous. We, I think we talk about that in part two of my podcast, uh, Take Your Pill Psychopath and Tom's Survival. So you become politically activated in college. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, I'd say, yeah, active. Act- yeah, activated makes me sound like I'm insuring cancer yeah. or something, but I no, do like I that. Think, I think you... Yeah, active. I, are you an agent for the Chinese government, Johnny? Uh, I think we all know which government I've worked for for the past five years. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and they're called the Ruskies, and they won World War II for us. All That's right? true. That's true. <laughs> that, is, that is true. Did they, though... There's actually movement now that they're trying to... There's like, there's like a American government forces that are actually trying to like whitewash and kind of marginalized to like let American like Americans know about the USSR's like contribution to World War II. I'm sorry, Russia's contribution to World War II because the new policy now for us, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but apparently like the war on terror just stopped. Huh? I didn't get an I didn't get an official notice. Did you guys? You didn't get a memo about that? Oh, I think I got a tweet about it oh. and they were like, oh, "Don't good, worry." Good. State Department. Here's your 15 you here's your $1500. Like, yeah. can you Cuz Americans, we have the attention it. spans of like of like uh, fruit flies uh, <laughs> with ADHD, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> that the is fruit fly. Really true. Yeah. We you know, we're like uh, yeah. So it's ridiculous and we have a uh, we have the, the the memory span of like um, Something that can't remember anything. Um, I get it, Johnny. Like yeah. an ape on a tennis court. Yeah, exactly, Stop exactly. I was just rubbing I was just, it in my face. Casey, I was just deciding with- if I was going to make an Alzheimer's-related joke or not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you know, and I decided against it. Um, but uh, so anyway, because of that, this ridiculously traumatizing shit can happen to us because we're decent people and we get traumatized when we hear about awful shit happening or going on. And we get scared. But somehow, because the barrage comes as such, the psychology of it is that we forget the thing when the next one comes at us. So that's why it can keep happening. Like, for example, everybody had Russiagate brain for the past three years. You know what I mean? Flogged like crazy. That was a left-wing corporate media fucking lie, you know? And then the right-wing corporate media fucking lie is that, you know, all your freedoms are being taken away and Trump can keep them for you, you know? And that's their lie. And then the two groups fucking hate each other. Um, so, but Johnny, he's not going to leave. He's not going to leave if he loses, Johnny. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's you're right. You're right. He's, it's going to be a fascist state immediately in real time, and uh, all Americans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like he doesn't want to fucking leave. You think he really wants to still do this at this point <laughs> no, in time? No, of course Jesus not. Christ. Ugh. I, the only he's reason, like, I gotta get the fuck the, out the of main here. Reason, Jesus yeah, Christ. there's so many. I don't care. Electoral politics is garbage city. I'm sorry, it is. Like, here's the deal. I'm gonna vote for Biden just because I want all of my friends who are so triggered by Trump to just be able to critically think again, so we can actually get something <laughs> fucking wow, done. That's a good point. Shrink, shrink your amygdala. Yeah, exactly. Be, exactly. Boom, amygdala reference again. Nicely <laughs> done, Casey. Oh. We talked about the amygdala. Okay, but here's the thing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because, and let's say he wins again, then the fucking media is going to spin some narrative that is going to spin everybody out crazily. You know what I mean? First of all, I think right. if he wins, there's going to be straight up riots all over the country. Like, there's going to be like, le- like, and that's going to be the yeah. quote unquote, quote unquote liberal class. They're going to be rioting. That's going to be, it's going to be like violent fucking rioting. And then, I mean, he's keeping, he's trying to make us like, you know, like a right wing nationalistic state similar to like a, like a, a fucking like a like a Russia or a Philippines or a Brazil. Like that's why he's trying to be like, hey, Bolsonaro's cool, Putin's cool, Duterte's cool, huh? You know, it's like they're kind of marching things like that. You know, that's that's the, that's the way that it's going. And then, but then it's like you know the whole Biden thing. That's just that's just gonna be it's gonna be very 
can be a different flavor of fuckery that I really don't feel like 100%. deep diving into. No. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is, what I'm what I'm trying to say is that we Bernie, keep getting manipulated. Bernie, Bernie. I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Uh, Bernie that, can S my D all the way to the fucking B, dude. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that and yeah, this is why because after 2016. You know, in that primary, that that 2016 Democratic presidential primary, we the people we gave him, we raised for him 282 million dollars for his campaign, 282 million dollars of wealth for his campaign that we gave. You know, um, the most prolific thing that his campaign did was change the conversation to like talk about the million, the billionaire class, and you know, talk about money in politics and you know, Medicare for all and free college, all of those ideas, right? These democratic socialist ideas. So yeah, that was a very, very expensive price to pay to change the conversation. Um, but then what he said when he betrayed us and endorsed Hillary Clinton, which I know he said he was going to do. However, that didn't mean he had to do it. There was something else that he could have done. He could have strategically run as a third party candidate, but strategically do, doing so not to win, but in order to create the infrastructure necessary for an actual viable third political party, a party for the people, a non-corporate party. And he could have done it pragmatically to not spoil by only putting his name on the ballots in the states that are either, you know, firmly blue or red. None he of was like gonna the purple swing states. He was going to debs it. Eugene debs it. Yeah. So he could have done that. And then because he had the most important thing in place in order for us to create a third party, which is a funding infrastructure. He had that, and he did not take that opportunity. And for those of us that know about that, that will go down as a massively, hugely missed uh, historic opportunity. And it's why we're where we're at right now, in part, without question. And then this time around, and then plus, and then he said, we got the most progressive ever fucking Democratic platform in the Democratic National Committee First of all, he didn't even fuck, you know, Hillary Clinton didn't even win, so it means nothing. And even if she did, they don't have to do anything because it's in the fucking platform. It's, you know, so it's like, what did we get? Some, some, um, you know, some reform of the superdelegates thing that was revealed. They were like, oh, yeah, we'll just give them that reform. So it looks like we gave the progressive wing something, but we actually didn't give them anything. And then Bernie Sanders also, he lied and he fed into the Russiagate narrative while it was happening, even though he knows it's fake. Even when we went after him and tried to say he was a Russian agent, he didn't fucking call out all the bullshit on it. So, yeah, fucking great, Bernie. You know, like, whatever, dude. <laughs> yeah, just, just uh, a thing. Yeah, uh, Johnny, what do you think about Amy Klobuchar? <laughs> <laughs> that fucking cop. <laughs> oh, no, she's not that a cop. Is the best. She's a litigator, Johnny. That is the fucking she's not a cop. best pejorative I've heard against a politician <laughs> this year. That's the one for Kamala Harris. You go, she's a fucking cop, cap. dude. Oh, yeah. Kamala one is so a cop. Good. Everybody calls her a cop. Uh, Kamala, uh, she's a fucking cop, uh, dude. She was top cop in California. And then here's here's the twisted thing, right? So she like ridiculously ex- like extended people's sentences you know what I mean, for drugs like she was so repressive yeah. around yes. drug users in california of all places on the yeah. fucking planet yeah. and here's the thing this is what this is what the apologist perspective is it's like you don't understand what it's to what it is to be a woman of color in a position of power like that you have to prove yourself you have to be tough it's like i am not willing to concede my moral compass 
for a fucking twisted, perverted interpretation of identity politics. But but but, I mean, but there will but, be apologists. But, but, do you but think? Do you think they should let Martin Scarelli out of jail so he can do his coronavirus research? What? <laughs> yes. Yes. I Is that agree. a new story? Yeah. Release those emails Scarelli for Scarelli. Out. Scarelli out. out. Scarelli I just out. want to hear Scarelli. that Wu Tang album. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> that's right. That's his day. one. That's his. That's, so that's, good. that's his like only. That's his ace in the hole, if you will, in prison. Like, hey, 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 yeah. You're not gonna hear that track if you, uh, you know. Punch I got some Wu Tangs. If you well, guys but want. you know with helmets, there's it's an album there was only one oh, yeah. copy of, and he bought it. What a fucking. And it's his, and he's like, yo, yo, yo. Hey, you guys Wu Tang like only right? sold one copy. They were trying to make some. They got their hustle <laughs> too, man. I put everybody. How everybody much did he pay? Shirelli never blames fucking you know the RZA, the Jizza, he... old dirty bastard, Inspector Dick, Raekwon, Ghostface Killer. Yeah. You know? Pay top price. Yeah. For how that, much did was, that go was for? It just like. How much did could... Scarelli? We're not talking Scarelli now. We're talking Scarelli when he bought it. I don't it's know. Not that much. Was it like one for. It can't I be think that much. Like five million dollars, wasn't it? I look it up, dude. No, I refuse. <laughs> I will only speculate. I only this speculate. Nolan Ryan, you heard it here first. Martin yeah. Scarelli's one point five million dollar deal. Yeah. These are all facts that we refuse to look up, Johnny. Welcome to the Jerk Practice Podcast. The John Francis O'Donnell baseball collection. Nolan Brian, Ryan, not racist. All, Another. <laughs> all statues need to be replaced by ninth, late eighties baseball players. MLB. The only thing. Nolan Ryan is a racist against is steam engines because he worked harder than them. The Nolan Ryan Express, baby. Ah. His arthritis yeah, was so heavy and strong in his later careers. Didn't he have? Wasn't he an Asper cream man? Use it on the mound. That's in-game advertising. Oh, right. He really? Did. He, he was used a the roll-up. <laughs> He just screeded, squirted on them. They're like, that's Nolan Ryan. You guys know way more Whatever. about it than I do, dude. Oh, it's all facts. It's all It's Johnny. Let's, did we tell you are on the All Facts podcast? Daryl Strawberry I got. Ooh, is that in Gary a, Sheffield? I didn't know Gary Sheffield? Oh, he's Gary, Gary. Nolan, I got a few Nolan Ryan. Ooh. Oh, look, Frank Thomas? He's selling testosterone now. No, no. He's sell, oh, and he's yes, got his he big herb beer. He's, Which Frank Thomas do you have? I have almost every one of his cards. Let me see him. Oh, you're wearing the jelly because you might not have this one. I have the very special, the uh, the Upper Deck IOS collection. Beautiful. Oh, I 100% cards. have it. 100%. And I have them all in snap cases. You got this one? Johnny, that one's yellow. Look at that case. It's yellow. That card and is The I case will... is yellow. The card's not yellow. Well, that well, that just tells you. Roger the Clemens. Case is yellow. Oh boy, this is a... <laughs> the most Red Soxy Red Sox card I've ever seen. <laughs> baseball like, card. He he was twelve years old when they took oh. that photograph, but it, he looks like it was the nineteen fifties. Kirby Puckett he looks like the crypt keeper now. Oh, rest in peace, Kirby Puckett. <laughs> but he did hurt somebody in a Kirby Puckett's the only guy that had his own McDonald's sandwich that actually went to McDonald's on the regular. Really? Oh yeah. He got in trouble it in didn't that have, like, McDonald's eggs bathroom. And... Wow. <laughs> he didn't. Of course he got in trouble in the the place where his sandwich was. Kirby there it is, guys. had the McPucket 
Ooh, and that's the one right the, there. The, yeah, he had a McPocket, and it might have been regional because it was Minnesota, and I was in South Dakota at the time. And the only difference is it was a cheeseburger, but the bacon was round, not strips. Because he could round those bases, yeah. Johnny O'Donnell, yep. like nobody business. Was he known for his running ability? I don't think so, Casey. He was He's a, known for he his bacon a, eating ability. He ran the score up. Rounds. Ran the score up. <laughs> Guys, look. I, I know that Don Manningly card because it looks like my Oh, my God, that's Manningly in a screw card. case, Johnny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Johnny O'Donnell. Wow, that's legit. <laughs> you know, Casey used to work at a card store. Cards, comics, pogs. Whatever the flavor of the look, oh, mainly yeah. cards and comics, right, Casey? But then whatever the flavor I, of the the time was, Beanie Baby Pogs. I know my Beanie Babies too, by the way. In so South Dakota, got a couple Beanie yeah, Beanie Yeah, Watertown dogs. Mall. Yeah. Oh yeah. Many guys, Cal Ripken, huh? Never missed a never. game. Look, that guy could. He's the his yeah, knees the are guess. never stopped. Another Cal Ripken for you, right there. Look at those cards. They are beautiful. Beautiful. It said you got that Jersey connection to that Cal Ripken. Look at that oh, one, guys. Astro. Oh, he this only one, played for Texas is, teams, That's pretty. Huh? This is an 81. Yeah. 81 Nolan Ryan. Look on the back of that Nolan Ryan. Who's the first team? Who drafted him? <laughs> Who did he start with? Look on the back of that card. <laughs> it, it looks – it's the lo- It's as lo- big as my hand. Yeah. Holy There are shit. so many stats on there. What the for? fuck? He played. He started. Wait, he got. He, he played for the Boston Red Stockings, nineteen fifty-five. Exactly. Yeah, he played for the Monarchs. Hold on a second. Played for the this Philadelphia is... Athletics. Hold on a second. <laughs> he played for Marion. What? M A R I O N. It's a team so old it has your mom's name. Marion in sixty-five and sixty-six. He played for Greenville. In sixty-six for Williamsport. Greenville's where Shoeless Joe played. That's South Carolina. Okay. Oh my God! Is he Shoeless Joe Jackson? Yeah. Sixty-six. He, he was up. They brought him up. They pulled him up to the Shoeless Mets. Joe, Shoeless <laughs> Joe Ryan. Shoeless Joe Ryan. So good at hitting, I became a pitcher. What was his first MLB team though? Hold on. Sixty-six. He got pulled. It says Mets, and then but then the next season went back down to Winter Haven. Mets. Oh. Sent him down. Whoa, whoa! Hold on a second. Hold on. I'm looking at this Mets thing. Ninety-six Mets. Zero wins. One loss. ERA 15. Oh, 15? Yeah. Come on, he ain't no express. Games two. It's like a fine Innings line. Pitch three. Innings pitch three. Hits five, runs five, earned I runs love, five, I love, I, walks I mean, three, I strikeout six. Wow, that was a, that was a rough, that was a rough Everybody outing. Everybody listening knows we love old baseball cards because you just be, – before Wikipedia, we had a baseball card. Oh, yeah. And I had I had boxes, and it wasn't even like actual people. I had a box of cards that was like, "It's Carnage from Spider Man," yes. uh, and he was born under you know, oh, yeah, yeah, the whole origin the, story, the the bastard son of a thousand racists. So then he was Winter Haven, Jacksonville. Then in '68, he got called up to the Mets. So he's in the Mets from '68 through '71. Angels from '72 through '79. Did the Mets win the series within that? Was where were the when were the Miracle Mets or was that eighties? I have no idea. It was eighties. Look it up. And With then, uh, uh, no. Daryl Strawberry and uh, Mookie Wilson, uh, Hernandez, and Blackjack McDowell. I think that was like nineteen eighty. Jack, Jack McDowell didn't play for them, did he? I don't know. This, I he this is a Fleer card, guys. Fleer. I don't, I don't <laughs> <a> Fleer. <laughs> this is Fleer. Guys, check this one out. 
Eddie Murray, y'all. I, I oh, legit Eddie thought Murray. that was. You got a lot of. Johnny O'Donnell, you got a lot of Orioles in that Eddie box. Murray uh, but retired the, uh, with the, the crown jewels. Are you guys ready for the crown jewel? Yeah. If it's just a penthouse, I'm going to be very... Sean Kemp oh basketball God, card. Kemp. <laughs> Why did Look I put this one in on that. Why was this one so valuable to me, Because Sean Kemp was the shit. You remember Sean Kemp? <laughs> I mean, he still is, but like, yeah. he was hot to trot at the time. <laughs> he was so cool. He was huge, right? He was like a fucking beast, dude. I really wanted you to have like a Malcolm X oh, Chrome card. Good. Oh, you want something? You want fucking, you want fucking Eddie? Civil rights cards? Should be. They, they had them, Jerry. You asked for it, you fucking got it, dude. 9-11 commission report all up in your face, dude. It's all, uh, too thick. Don't read it. It's all about planes. And what I mean that? straight I just got lines. I for a dollar at math. the bookstore. Dude, from Plato to Nietzsche. Oh, boy. It's like a little like fucking like intro oh, book about all the philosophers. That- that looks like an alley book. This is from 1997. Here's a VHS of my appendectomy from 1993. <laughs> Look, it says a dollar. It? CKC, it says one dollar. I got it for one dollar. <laughs> and this is what it says. Ideas yeah. that shape our lives. This book is a clear, comprehensive guide to the philosophic and religious concepts of the world's outstanding philosophers. Here are the great thoughts and ideas of the Western mind. Selected and explained with magnificent precision by an eminent scholar. It is an illuminating portrait of man's intellectual and moral struggle to understand the world and the meaning of human life and destiny. Who's in this book? You got Plato, Aristotle, Ooh. Augustine, Dang. Aquinas, Dang. Luther, Dang. Descartes. Dang. I want to see those cards. I want to see Marx. your Plato rookie. Nietzsche, <laughs> Marx, Rousseau, <laughs> Marx, Nietzsche. I skipped right through to fucking Rousseau, dudes. I know that other I skipped right to fucking Rousseau, bruh. I'm going to go Rousseau, Marx, Nietzsche. And I know a lot about Nietzsche. I don't know too much about Marx because society. I'm going to learn some more. You know, I ain't scared. I can tell Plato's by rookie year was with amount. the Grecian tabula rasas. <laughs> but it's not what? written down anywhere. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. Hans he, got threw six in- he threw six innings for the uh, old sandals. The old Athens sandals. Well, you guys want to know fucking what Rousseau's about, dudes? That's fine. Just ask, dude. Like, you don't have here, to like, be all here, coy here, about here, it. Here is, because I'm going to lose it, and I think you guys are going to love this. <laughs> before I get a chapter, it, guys. You can before read I it. get a chapter, listen to this. Listen to this. I want to get to basketball. I've had so many opportunities to get back to it with that Sean Kemp card. Listen to how amazing – they're coming back with basketball, and they're, they're totally right. f- failing. They're going to come back in one arena – they're only going to allow certain teams to play. They're going to allow them to play like 10 more quote-unquote regular season games and then have a pretty standard traditional playoffs. Here's how you – and they, they have to have a season because they've never missed an NBA finals, had never not crowned a champion. Yeah. Here, get How amazing would this um, conclusion to the 2020 NBA season be? They have an NCAA-style Single game elimination tournament. All the teams are back in. All on the same the same level. I guess you can rank them in the same way. So you have like the Lakers will be playing. I don't know who's shitty right now. The Jazz. <laughs> Maybe the Jazz are good. <laughs> but the Jazz are never shitty. Dude, whenever fun, ever huh? says the Jazz, whenever somebody says the Jazz, all I can think of are John Stockton and Carl Malone and how cool it was to watch That's them with it. the classic pick and roll. Um, all that stuff. Back in the day. Now, just, I'll tell you what, Hans, just, I think it is a great idea, but I think it would actually, why it would actually be terrible 
is because if if viewers watch that and then they realize that all the teams in the league play the game the exact same way now, where they just all take three pointers because statistically that's the thing to do, and then the they, then if they happen to have a superstar player, that person just gets to like fuck around and do whatever they want and drive, and the refs are fucking kind of letting shit go with them too. They would realize how fucking lame ass real professional basketball is at this point how much better college is and how it's lost all the character that it used to have and it's just a fucking everybody even a big man has to be able to shoot threes it's pathetic okay johnny o'donnell you don't like the mafia it's fine (laughs) give me my outside of that outside of that hans i think it's a good idea um i think (laughs) when you mentioned this you said this as if it's like fuck what you like as if it's off the cuff, you're like, something every else. time I think of the Utah Jazz, and I was like, oh, he's going to think of something abstract and strange. I can't help but think of Carl Malone and John Stockton. You know what kind of sociopath has to be like, every time I think of the Utah Jazz, I think of, in, name one other Utah Jazz player. I know you're going to be able to do it, Johnny, but, you know, I think of, uh, uh, there was like a really tall white guy. White. Oh, hey, oh, Rudy hey, Gaudet hey, was hey, like hey, or, <laughs> Rudy Gaudet was a guy who was in, <laughs> oh, <laughs> was in whoever was not on NBA Jam. I think who is like the, uh, you could you scroll through. Wait, who is the Utah Jazz player that was also a white guy that looked like John Stockton but wasn't John Stockton? Was also a it was a uh, uh, Hornacek. Hornacek. Steve Hornacek. Yeah, Steve Hornacek. Yeah. But am I wrong? In he was a three man. Kind of but he doesn't. Choice? He doesn't no, refute what no, Johnny like, just it, said. It makes me think of that, but it also makes me think of how much character the game had, you know? You had that fucking gnarly fucking Knicks team with Charles Oakley and John Starks and fucking, you know, like they never let Charles Oakley play in the NBA now. They just no. wouldn't, you know? What's it? Who is it? Who is that other? Who was the other dude that was like a fucking monster on that Knicks thing? Not uh, Ewing, who was great, but like. John Starks was pretty dude. intense. You're talking John about Starks, Oakley, yeah, but, but Oakley other, went from the. It was, uh, it was Oakley and the other guy were the two, like, super tough dudes. Yeah, I see his face. I can't believe I can't remember his name. But Or even go with the those, the Pistons from that oh. era. Sure, sure. The bad boys. That was Who great. Who just... So fun. Mean. They're just mean. They just beat you up. It was like... But this is the thing. They had character. Like, the Houston Rockets had Hakeem Olajuwon, right? Who had his particular yeah. moves. He Kenny could the Jet. The Phoenix Suns. Yeah, the Phoenix Suns had Charles Barkley, who was really good with these head fakes. It was such a tenacious player. You know, they got Reggie Miller with his fucking ice water in the veins. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, they, they, you had like, you know, the, the fucking Spurs had their whole fucking style. Celtics. You know, like, sure, fucking Celtics. Celtics Lakers. You know, everyone, yeah, yeah. Bulls, hello. Like, <laughs> now we're just listening teams. I'm going Timberwolves. I mean, come on now, but now it's just like, I cannot believe. Like, look. You know, like all of us, I was in the psych ward last time the playoffs were on. You know what I mean? And so the games were on in the psychiatric hospital like we all were. Um, I'm supposed to laugh at that. That's fine. Um, but uh, I was at St. Elizabeth's and the games were on. And I was like, these are so fucking boring. You know what I mean? Mm. You're like, I'm psychotic. Fucking the fact that people are watching this. That's fucking. Those deep this is psychotically threes. boring. <laughs> You're telling are me. Are the deep threes no longer impressive? Uh, because th- there's no, there's still something impressive about it. It's just boring. Yeah. And the fact yeah. that they, they decided to rape the character of the game because of some sort of mathematical statistical analysis to win it is so sad. Mm-hmm. There's no character, you know, like players like back in the day, like James Worthy, like Julius Irvin, like people that could do fucking finger rolls, could have weird fucking moves in the paint, could have some Sky character, up. make the game fucking fun. You know what I mean? Like picks and rolls are fucking fun. 
you know, and everybody's just, it's like gross now. It's pathetic. Yeah, yeah, you know what, that's, I was going to say that about the, the 88, what was it, the, the late 80s Pistons, or were they mid-90s, doesn't matter, the me, the bad boys, which are the Donald Trumps of, of they 80s basketball. Because they just reveled in being nasty, nasty men. But, 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 but. The 90s was the sweet spot. The 90s was the sweet spot. But let me, let me, let me put Uh, this to you. You're talking statistical, and I'll let you get in. Um, Basketball, that's a good point. There's no fun in it. Even like, like a really impressive, like, um, you know, break to the basket or whatever or or something. It's always, it's all, um, there's no showmanship to it. It's, it's all aggressive. You know what I mean? I know basketball is aggressive. But where's like the there's there's not enough sass anymore. You know what I mean? Right. Is that, is that well, it's like the the well, ABA got character cannibalized. Like yeah. the the people who could play street basketball, who could like, who could play you. There's a book, and I I feel really bad because I can't think of the author. It's called The Hot Hand. He wrote a book about the idea of having the hot hand. And the, the psychology of – and basically the hot hand went into the reason NBA Jam exists. He's on fire. Is that, like, if you make three in a row, you're on fire. And, like, that game went on to gross the most amount of money you could make in quarters in in all time until, like, arcade games went away. But then they got into the psychology of basketball and they, they started talking about – modern basketball and the idea of the hot hand in sort of the like um the golden state warriors idea of just shoot like johnny what you were talking about just shoot a bunch of threes and like statistically you'll make enough points to win the game like steph curry he kind of changed the game because he yeah. can make them from farther out you know like but like yeah. there's big men that have to be able to shoot threes now you know what i mean yeah. you never even have forwards that would ever take a, a fucking three-point shot you know what i mean like which is insane is like the the game has evolved back to what it used to be, which is that boring pastoral sort of like beat the shot clock and shoot it from outside. Yeah, like, like a player like nobody Iverson, has. Like, yeah, like would, that, would, there, would an Iverson happen? Would a Latrell Sprewell certainly wouldn't happen. You know, it's like, you know, and, it, and it's the sort of thing where, too, it's always been like that. There's always been politics of who's going to get in and get out. Get, like there's, there's players that would be good enough to play in the NBA that don't get in because it's like, oh, this guy's image is, you know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. not, it, it's what works and what doesn't work. And also, they all have to play the game. They can't be, it can only be anti, they can't really be anti-corporate at all, you know? Like, uh, yeah, no. You know, unless they want to get Kaepernick. But then, and then, and then that's the thing I hate. What I hate about it is this, the Kaepernick thing, I did a video about that when that came out, like supporting that, or what he did. Cause it's like, I think he should go play for the NBA. And throw footballs from the three-point line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Down ten, three. Kaepernick for three. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. That was that was that was that was funny enough to or totally he should interrupt. Just the play. Point I was trying. He should to just play for China. Come on, man. <laughs> okay. What I was trying to say is <laughs> that he was doing the thing right. It's good, like because no one would listen to what he was saying. He was protesting it. He was doing it to like protest police brutality and to protest fucking our involvement in wars and stuff like that. He was like really, really thought out guy, right? And so then, but then here's the thing: so all this controversy, and then we got this bullshit shit thing where we're such a fucking sold out fucking corporate state that Nike can co-opt him and give this huge campaign and be seen as like racially woke, where it's like no, you're just letting 
Nike fucking whitewash their fucking exploitation yeah. all around to fucking further reinforce this fucked up capitalist fucking structure and it's happening right now with black lives matter all over the fucking place the best meme i saw looking okay sorry yeah i posted it my friend from berlin knew about that meme i was talking to my friend via you know on on uh you know over his fucking chat or video chat one of my buddies in berlin and he's he's like oh do you see that meme and he was like and his, his i was like no i was like gotta find it. he sent it to me and then i started passing it around i don't know if it was in america before i started passing it around but it's uh it's basically these three like doofusy looking business guys, but like over the top, not even business guys, but it's just like three ridiculously looking white dudes. One of which got like a super dirty, dirty mustache and like a, a ugly orange like satin type shirt, like jacket, whatever. And then it says the meme says it says, uh, every company right now. And then in the bottom it says, we used to be gay and now we're black. I'll tell you meaning. Meaning, of course, that um, meaning that all black people are gay. When all the companies got behind gay people for gay rights, for for uh, for gay marriage, and for trans rights, for the the uh, for bathroom bills and stuff like that, the corporations because mm-hmm. they care so much about gay people's sure. rights and trans rights and all that stuff. So then, so it's like, yes, yeah, so we're gay now. They're all about we love BLM, BLM, but it's whitewashing, especially right now because these bailouts that have been happening been in such bad faith. We're talking about upward mobility of. Tr- of dollars to these corporations to the point where we're getting our little pennies, our little pittance of our $1,200 checks and maybe our extended unemployment benefits. And oh, it's a little bit money more than money than I make when I work, so I feel good. What's going on here with this fucking bullshit while we're getting robbed blind and these, these corporations are patronizing us with all these commercials being like, we know this is a tough time. We all need to come together. We care about you and we care about the first responders and the frontliners and the essential workers. So we're going to give you 15% off your car insurance for three months. Johnny, Fuck Johnny you. stop, stop, stop. Check this stop, out. Before stop. we get too off the rails, one thing you posted. What color with... is my yogurt? Exactly. That's all I need to know. You got what color choices, is my yogurt? Bro. You got 50 fucking choices. And do you guys notice that every fucking TV show on like network TV during the week now is like ridiculous bread and circus games upon games? We're like living in idiocracy. It's like actually happening. It is. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, that's, that's the truth. Johnny, you posted I mean, something you... that was amazing. Um, I don't know if you shared, it doesn't matter, but it was, it's, it's along these lines. And then I don't want to get too far off track. Cause I, um, <laughs> you posted at a, a, like a, a tweet or something from Citibank or Citicorp. And they're like, chase, chase, an email, like, an email they sent me. It wasn't even, we're going to be closed. We're going to be closing today at 1 PM. It's like, Oh, <laughs> the, the sacrifice. You for, wait, made. say that again for Juneteenth. Yeah. They said, what they for say, them, what did they say? Burning down Black Wall Street yeah. will close down at one at o'clock. Two o'clock. Exactly. Exactly. Bless your heart, Chase. Yeah. But but Johnny, so, to get back to the card, what are your comedy influences? <laughs> Sean Kemp, Chrome. This is, and I know I saw that written down. I went, Hans, you're such a vacuum void of I'll, anything I'll tell you what it is I'll tell you the reason I'm getting to that is because we've been around and we've 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 known each other for so long and you maybe told it I know who influenced you when we were all together like I know we watched not influenced but I know who you appreciate Doug Stanhope and Bill Hicks and all these amazing comics but seriously I want to get to Johnny growing up in Jersey what what where's that click like seriously like is there like a comedian gotcha. you saw or a show or something you're like, oh, or was it just like your natural character or something worked for you and you saw that you could 
alleviate situations or control situations or you know make people laugh basically yeah i i i I, you know what i mean when do i get to answer the question do you just keep like asking it or like well, what were I'd your like comedy I'd like to back influences? up his question with another question. It's better than my John, first question that's so... just Kingdom of Heaven, question mark. So, <laughs> Hans, Hans, we're, we're all really good friends. What do you think? What are you doing? Okay, I got, I, first of all, my comedy influences are Sean Kemp. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> yes, and the white nationalism dunks. of Nolan Ryan. That's it. That's my. Uh, that's what I'm about. But uh, Can I talk about, the? I feel like the first time we all met... And it's, it, for me, is one of the most – because I was thinking about it this afternoon, and I was like, holy shit. That was a crazy crux in my life is, like, that first moment it was you and Pop and Vince. Like, your first couple nights in New York City, and it was, like, a late night at Rafifi, and Timmy introduced us to you guys – and I just was like, oh, it's really nice that other guys from the Midwest all move into the city together doing comedy because you like that's the three people from my comedy time that I was like, oh, yeah, these are the guys. Yeah, it just these we, are my guys. Yeah, it just felt like folks that are like we, you know, we care about what we're doing. We care about our comedy and doing good work. But also we're not going to be these like weird fucking social climby type fucking monsters you know what i mean or just you know, actually people who just enjoy other people's coming are generally nice to people you know what i mean but i'm not from the midwest i'm from jersey and i already had moved to the right, city yeah. a year before that so right and like that's why i was just gonna say like i don't know why i associated you with like michigan and detroit so when well, we're i started talking there about, i started like, there i mean i started comedy there. i went to college okay there. that's that so i you know I started with Jesse and Vince and other people, you know. Didn't you guys all work at a vacuum store together in Michigan? Uh, I feel like I heard Hans, that. Hans, you yeah. can't do callbacks to your appearance on my podcast, <laughs> on this See, podcast. Welcome to, that's what it, when you were don't... getting, when we were having this intense political conversation <laughs> about how the left and the right are both, like, controlling the whole situation. It doesn't matter which way to go. Johnny, you are in the safest place possible because the Jerk Practice podcast could not be farther from the grid of yeah. anything that is socially uh, conscious or available. I just wanted it is a beautiful to space a, to be in. Yes, we call back story. to callbacks that are from Plato. <laughs> just and to Nietzsche. ask you if you're if you're from if you're from Michigan. I that whole story in, was just I me going like there. Oh wait, you're from New Jersey. This That's right, John. Works out. I went to college in the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. I already knew I wanted to be a comedian, but what I learned in Michigan is what started my started to be my influences in comedy, and I will tell you about them. Um, basically, I always wanted to be a comedian as long as I could remember because I always loved. Because growing up as a kid, I was always like I felt like I was socially, conversationally funny, and I always loved how it felt to make people laugh. It feels really, really great. So it was always the thing that I wanted to do, and I actually did it once when I was very young. I was on a little vacation with my mother and my brother in Jamaica. And we stayed at this place called Club Caribbean. It was like, a, I don't want to brag, but it was a, a two-star uh, resort <laughs> timeshare. Not bad. In um, Jamaica, Queens, obviously. Jamaica, Jamaica. Um, you know? The, uh, oh, never heard and, of it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jamaica, dude. Um, and uh, so I'm down there, and... Towards the end of the week, and it was mostly like Europeans and stuff staying there because apparently they're not as like, you know, 
fancy pants fucking turn their nose up. They need like super fancy, fancy hotel. You know, like we'd stayed in these kind of little huts with thatch roofs sort of thing. And they had like little air conditioning units, but it was fun. And you know, I was over there and I'm hanging out with him. I make this friend, this Canadian kid. He's around my age. His name is Brandon. Uh, you know, his father's really cool. And I remember there was this, there was this kid there, this guy there, his name was Pat. He was like a 18 year old kid from New York. And unfortunately he didn't really have anybody to hang out with. He was like older or younger. So he ended up kind of hanging around with us and he was a nice guy. And then I remember the last night of the thing, one no, yeah, towards the end of the thing we were going to be there, there was going to be a talent show for people, right? And it got decided that I was going to do stand-up comedy at the talent show. So it's like I kind of like wanted to do it. I was like, yeah, let's do it. So, whoa, that so like so this kid Brandon's father and the kid Pat from New York they wrote the material for me. Oh my god! And it is uh, the only time ever in my life that somebody else has really like written material for me. Uh, and I can't remember most of the jokes. Well, the ones that I do remember were pretty fucking awful <laughs> um, and uh, pretty racist. Um, um, no, no, yeah, well, I've got Jamaica? Like, goosebumps thinking about. So my this is what I remember the first. I remember the first thing I said. They had me go like, "Hey, everybody! I uh, I paid all the bartenders, uh, you know, five dollars tonight, so they make your drinks extra strong. So maybe you'd laugh at some of my jokes." Okay, <laughs> a little laugh, not bad, okay. Right, Self-deprecatory, right. it's fine, whatever, you know. Not, not a bad start. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then, um, number one, it was just, like, mean to, about my mom. They were like, I'm like, yeah, my mom, she's not exactly. <laughs> my mom's a bitch. Yeah, yeah. Like, my mom, thanks, she's pretty thanks. dumb. She's not, she's not, she's pretty stupid, you know. It's like, she's been, oh. since we've been here, she's been trying to get a close-up picture of the horizon. <laughs> you know? Like trying to get closer to the horizon. That's deep. That's deep. Yeah. Because your mom's dumb, I guess. That's actually the last line of uh, Zora Neale Hurston's um, Their Eyes Were Watching God. (laughs) Trying to get closer to the horizon. What? Sorry. I don't. Dude, I haven't read a book in nine years. Um, But uh, that. um, (laughs) that, 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 guys, I think we made it. That might, right there, what I just caused, might have been. And we're we've been a flat podcast. I might have flatlined this podcast flatter than we've ever flatlined it. Right there, Johnny. I'm glad you were here to witness it. What I just de- with that weird Zora Neale Hurston nonsense. I think because the word horizon is in the last paragraph of that famous prolific novel that I just jumped on your weird joke that Tony and his dad's mom wrote for you <laughs> in Jamaica. Okay. Wait a second. <laughs> Couple things though. Legitimately, fellas, I have not read a full book in at least seven years, maybe more. True story. Not even Game of Thrones, Johnny. Come on. But I've I've assimilated all this knowledge, just like flowing through my veins and my brain. It's unbelievable. But anyway, we'll get back to that. Put a pin in it. But uh, the uh... <laughs> he's stealing your language. Huh? I have been. Your podcast. I have been. I have been saying that. Not on this show. I have been saying to people because I actually lo- I actually use it in a weird way. I say something absolutely ridiculous and so much, and before they even respond, I just go put a pin in it and I make us move on to something else. <laughs> shift quick. So shift. I don't have to. Fuck. It's a pick and roll. What? <laughs> yeah, it's a pick and roll. It's the Stockton. Uh, it's the Stockton. You got a couple of coaches over here. Yeah, dude. I Stockton Malone these motherfuckers all over the time. Place, dude, you know what I mean? Um, Who do they play for? The Utah Jazz. Oh. With Steve Hornacek. Oh, you know, Hornacek was the more famous. That's who I always player. think of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyway, so then the other joke, the uh, the racist joke that I remember um, <laughs> was... Also, best way to... St- and it's like a street joke. We it's should like start a, the podcast It's like this. an awful street joke. So my favorite racist joke... Yeah, you guys actually could remember. edit this one in such a way that it really makes me look like I'm like a... 
cancel culture, alt light, you know, fucking weirdo. Oh. But anyway, it's going to be a, a oh deliciously my God. spicy Speaking one. Of the media, Netflix is like number one hot program that they're pushing right now is a show called Alt Right, and it's a documentary, like a bifurcated documentary, showing like Antifa supporters and like these. I don't know who the guys who claim to be like um, castigated because they're white men, whatever. Oh, let's call them alt right. And they follow I them s- each for a year until they converge at Charlottesville. I saw that, and it starts with Are that one guy in Jamaica <laughs> being Casey, really racist. Casey, that, <laughs> that was not the time. That was the spark. Casey, that was not the time. Do you understand? No, what I didn't know that. What Casey, what Hans just said. You guys. Do you guys not see it? Do you see that right there? What that right there is doing is it's it's basically it's a perverted, fucked up, it's taking those two perverted, fucked up groups and the people that look at the corporate media that are sucked into the corporate media, mm-hmm. they look at those two. That's what they think the opposite group is. So they hate it. An actual anti-establishment, anti-corporate fucking people of children of the fucking earth, dude. Fucking humanitarians, fucking normal fucking people who give a fuck who have a, a you know homo fucking sentience as i call them feeling beings that have some insight into the fact that value and happiness comes with the connectivity of life and other people's joy are just fucking sniping from the edges trying to fucking open these people's fucking minds and guess what that's on netflix and who the fuck works in netflix huh the fucking obama's working netflix they got fucking huge fucking that's their big fucking payoff and when Obama got out of office, he got paid $400,000 immediately by a bank for one speech. Why the fuck do you think that is? You think it had anything to do with the bailouts? You think it had anything to do with you're just like the fucking rest of them? You know? I am going to pitch a show, not to Netflix, clearly. And it's just Let called Sean Camp wouldn't. Dunks. And each episode is 30 minutes. No flash, no pizzazz. Straight to the basket. Dribble to dunk. Half just. hour. You can play it. You can watch it. It's family and maybe, maybe, you know, you have spinoffs, Gary Payton It's passes. so on the nose what they're doing. I didn't know that, Hans. That's so on the want. I want to know. This is what I care about. I care about that my mm. two friends, you know, my two Watertown, South Dakota, you know, just forgotten, no culture, <laughs> fucking just That's lost. That's where you want to be, though. We're not corrupted. Broken, yeah, no. faceless, Clean. malleable. We're like the Rosetta Stones. Soft-brained, you know what I mean? Just... <laughs> Unevolved, barely have thumbs. My good pals, you know, like, we're the crow magnons. Yeah, 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 you yeah. have post magnons. Take your short post magnon yeah. and yeah, yeah, I got yeah. a stooped back. I got a bag of weed and a bird. <laughs> Try burning this one, asshole hat. And I like me Netflix. Yeah, Mimi liking Netties would be inbred if they were smart enough to know how to fuck. Um, my. Family isn't attractive enough. What I'm That's trying all to say, I'm oh, gonna say, Casey. John. I I thought one time when I was manic, I was convinced that I was gonna manipulate the world. That Casey Van Heel, I was gonna make you president. Body switch. I was gonna bring that up because I wanted to. <laughs> Wait, this <laughs> actually happened. And I clearly am not. Now, now with your beard, though, you'd have to be president in like the 19th century. <laughs> but that's fine. But but anyway, this is the thing. I just need my friends, my brothers in arms, my undercover kings. I need you guys to see what I'm seeing and what you eloquated right there, Hans. It perfectly points it out. Like the two groups they're doing is gets the masses of asses of Americans to be like, oh, because now there's people on the left that think Antifa's fucking bad. I mean, Antifa's not bad. Antifa fights fucking fascism. They, they, they fucking, they're the ones that are going to fucking show up and tell these Nazis to go fuck themselves. You know what I mean? I respect Antifa. Anybody that doesn't is a fucking idiot. Um, you know, so well, it's like, this podcast's so, going to the trash. <laughs> but so what I'm saying is, do you see what they're doing? Of like, course. You pointed it at you. Of you course, po- I okay, do. Good. 
I do, yeah. I do, and you, yeah, yeah we do, hundred percent. Like I got it. Like the moment you, I like how impassioned you are, but I do get it. I don't. I certainly don't know the intricacies of it the way you do. Um, which is which is why I'm grateful to have like friends that are informed like you. I have a, I have a lot of. It's fun. I'll tell you what. Even though I'm fired up right now, it's fucking awesome to know actually know what's going on right now because I have I'm saved the heartache of being manipulated day to day. By whatever fucking news narrative is being shoved yeah. in my face, I feel so bad for people who are getting triggered left left and right all over the place across the left right divide. It is it is fucking it is fucking psychological abuse and emotional abuse as doled out by um, Tucker Carlson, as doled out by fucking Anderson Cooper, as doled out by Rachel fucking Maddow. Absolutely. Uh, excuse me, I love Don Lemon, so do not the D language. The, the D language. I wouldn't piss, I wouldn't piss on him if he was on fire. Okay. So um, here's the deal. We're th- I'm throwing down the gauntlet, and Johnny, you inspire me, and all of our listeners. We're going anti-media, anti-news, and when you get that ping, when you get that pull, because we all have that pull, because we all have our devices to go. I need to know that. I need that. I need that rush. I need to see that conflict. I need that drip. You must now instead listen to an episode of the Jerk Practice Podcast. You got to go back to episode to. one, baby. And listen to a oh, taste, shit. have a toot, and of the or JPP. caveat, caveat on that, or you know maybe look into uh, the, there are really really good journalists in America and around the world. It's just so hard for them to get any sort of like a any sort of platform to access because the corporate media consolidation. You know, there's like now it's, it's for a while it's five. It may actually be four at this point because of the uh, the merger between uh, CBS and Viacom. That there's like four big, 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 massive conglomerates that control well over now 90% of the, the content that people take in in the country. So there are these, you know, fringe independent sources, but Johnny, they get, they get, they get Johnny, flooded we out. I know, you know where you're getting. I know you support Bill O'Reilly. I know you're trying to bring him back. I know that's where you're leading us. Competent journalists. We got Bill O'Reilly. We got. Tony Hans, Stevens. Wait, you think you're going to say Bill O'Reilly? You think you're going to fucking wind me up? You think that's going to fucking wind me up? Like, I'm going to not fucking know the little fucking ruse you did there? I'm going to get fucking fired? I'm just kidding. <laughs> but but what, I'm, what I'm saying Here. is, actually, it's funny you bring him up because I actually, my stand-up special, The Manic Depressive Chocolate Fountain Operator, what? shot at the DC Improv, uh, directed by the uh, the drummer from Fugazi. Uh, hello. I'm trying. I'm a cool guy, everybody. Uh, the, um, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, <laughs> the thing is... <laughs> You even preempted me just needling you by laughing in that look. It was the Johnny look because you chuckled. I was because I was about to say debatable, yeah, but you looked I, me I in the like, eye and went. I set it up for you, Case. I know you totally you know? did. I did. I mean, fucking and Swiss just, cheese brain over here. He wasn't gonna get on it, but I figured. I, he's he's no way. Him. I'm slower than. No, slow, you're not, baby. Hans. Hans, you know how in, in fucking insightful and beautiful and eloquent you are about your mental health journey. Just in part one, people are like, "This is awesome." Johnny, all anyway, the no- right. the legit knowledge you dropped is in my brain and is now going <clears> to <throat> fight and battle. I'm not going to sleep for two weeks. Not because it's not prolific, because it is. It's because me brainy don't know we. And it's going to have to well, comprehend well, listen, all when, these when, new when, concepts and words. When brainy know we more, you goody <laughs> because you can't get fucked over by people lying to you. And it's good and happy. And then you get to learn about newer music and stuff. It's cool. And like, and then like, karma gets good. Like, guys, believe it or not, my karma is fucking. My karma is fucking rad, dude. Like, there's good things happening. And like, my uh, my special's coming out. I'm releasing my stand-up special through through Lee's uh, separate YouTube channel, his Moment of Clarity YouTube channel, which is going to be really really fun. And actually, I have a Bill O'Reilly joke in there. Yeah, I, I know. I, which is going to be cool. 
and I have like a really, really like really relevant Black Lives Matter joke in there. But anyway, but dude, here's the thing. <laughs> but There's Johnny, a lot real of, quick, um, you, wait, no, <laughs> but Johnny, I love you so much. Legit, what? where can what, they? Wait, wait, what, Casey? What? What? <laughs> no, I'm just like because I was listening to that podcast, and you, you, you started the podcast with like I didn't want to preempt myself by saying like I got really good karma. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not okay. And then I got into the podcast, and you started that podcast with Hans, and you were like, so I'm feeling I got really good karma. (laughs) Johnny's karma is And that's why I love you. I love you because you do have good karma. And you do – you. I should have good karma. Absolutely. But what I – There's no reason you shouldn't have. I just love that you were just like (laughs) – I – you – worry about it so much and it, it but you you shouldn't because you I love bring you, so much joy to you. the world and joy to other people that you shouldn't worry about your karma because it's it's the it's sea there. man it's coming back yep. to you it is ocean. though guys i'm telling you man i'm telling you this is an exciting time like that's the thing too like another thing too is like i want to just get my my friends on board just for the perspective of like guys i'm exhilarated like we're really gonna have a revolution, and we're gonna fucking win. I can tell. And it's gonna be really, I, really fun. Johnny, I promise. Are now, you I've still? Been, are I've you been still... putting together curriculum packets. I have like, I found like this is what I'm doing now. I got a couple articles. Like I have a, I have my first sequence of five that I have not sent to anybody. Maybe I can beta test it on you guys. It's basically it's like two articles to read in sequence, and then three of my political satire videos that'll help you push through the cognitive dissonance mm-hmm. and realize in a broader sense how deep the echo chambers of the corporate media are and how also how pervasive it is and i kind of like walk people through it through that but first you need to have some contextual understanding of what our government actual is which is yeah. an inverted totalitarian state like i was just explaining that's what sheldon wolin says he's an amazing political philosopher passed away a few years ago from princeton and berkeley uh and chris hedges who's a really really great journalist that's who, that's who chris hedges thinks uh, was amongst our best political uh, philosophers of the uh, 21st century. And um, and he wrote a book called Inverted Totalitarianism. Uh, he has an article Which you in haven't Nation. read? No, I told you. I don't I don't have to read the books. You know what I mean? <laughs> you just I'm, sleep I'm real, on them. Yeah. I'm a I like real, looking at I'm books. A real do as I, I'm a real do fine. as I say, not as I do when I like uh, when I tell people. And I will, I will adamantly tell someone to read a whole book that I have not read. <laughs> like you know, what I, mean? I touched it. Yeah, I touched I'll be like, it. You haven't read. Read it. But I will tell you this: if you say to somebody with emphasis, like, and ask them, like, you haven't read. Oh, dude, you should read that. They never think to ask if you've read it. It's, oh, it's, they, it's, it happens to me. No, you totally. You're not a South Dakota rube. If I'm like, you can, oh man, I read this great book. They're like, oh, I read it too. Do you like this part? And I go, I am a liar. I'm a liar. No, I don't do the opposite. <laughs> I, I make sure they have, if they have read it, I go cool because I know what it's about anyway. If they haven't read it, I go read it, dumb dumb, you know whatever. But here's the deal. Like for example, okay. But that being said, uh, so first you got to know about the inverted totalitarianism thing. Then this next article uh, really explains to show how how just how twisted um, what we think might be a benign news outlet can be, or one that we think maybe has like oh they're just like defending business or whatever or this. Or that. But then it's like no, it's like it really shows how how beyond the pale they're willing to go against Americans' best interests and put blood on our hands um, in a really grotesque way. So that, and then, and then there's a sequence of three comedy videos. Oh, my goodness. There there's, we go. Is that Ruby? That's Harvey. That, there's a sequ- oh, Harvey. That's hey, buddy. Harvey. There's a sequence of three comedy videos, right, that mm-hmm. actually then keep pushing through 
that mainstream the corporate mainstream media narrative. And then there's maybe potentially one other one that then gets it into the broader sense where it pushes beyond just the corporate, just the news media into the greater entertainment complex. And that's when that's that. Those are times that I've gotten really, that's when I've actually gotten sick uh, has been when I've started to realize that because that gets really actually really scary um, yeah. or to me at the time, not anymore, but it, it just really freaked me out when I was like, Oh wow, it goes outside. It's not, it's like, Oh, it goes, it pushes all the way in pushes all the way into the entertainment industry. Oh, that's really fucked up. What I wanted to... But anyway, for me, for me, it's like, oh, wow. If somebody, instead of somebody making me have to explain all of this and deprogram them with all of this, you know what I mean? And them having this cognitive dissonance and giving me pushback and thinking they've got every fucking clever argument and having ad hominem attacks against me, all of this shit. Like, instead of that, I'd be like, can you just do me the respect of just reading these couple things and watching these things that I did fucking some years ago now, and then we'll talk? You know, like so. It's like yeah. not you guys, but I mean, I'm just setting up my little curriculum packets well, because so, I'm sitting on a, over 220 segments that it's I did for this show. What? Yeah, I was just saying it's a word bank. It's the refer. It's a frame of reference. It's the yeah. like. Oh, now we have this similar. Now we have like it's like you know it's like now we it's like when you're in a new business or something or a new industry. It's like they have their terms, their vocabulary. It was like, oh, you have to learn the vocabulary mm-hmm. of like the film industry or something like that. It's like you know you need to learn the vocabulary of like a knowledge, a, a little bit of a knowledge base for the context here. And that's what Sheldon Wollen says that in an inverted totalitarian state, because the corporations have taken over and they're using they're using the um. Our corporate media is so well uh, that they can kind of keep us in line. Obviously, right now is there's protests and stuff happening, but it's not like we're going to all come together and violently overthrow the state. You know, we just could not yeah. do that, even if we wanted to, and it's not would not be prudent to do it. Um, plus, things are repressive, right? But they're not repressive enough to even warrant that. But what he says is the only way that the corporate media can stay in power is if we had they have a really really dumbed down, uh, you know. Uh, population and and the only way that the that the politicians can stay in power is if they have a corporate media outlet outlets all over the place keeping everybody dumb and divisive and then that allows the business class to be keep running this country and what they want is all the money and all the power um because they're money hungry so um, what you're saying so, is they want to replicate south dakotans across the country mm-hmm. so they can control everybody yeah, they want to make a bunch of fucking South Dakota and just mud people, just fucking straight up like like ugh, like just disgust. We are a river folk or a grass. <laughs> just folk. a bunch of disgust. There is no mud involved. Just sir. a fucking grotescos. We are mandolin people. I've been using the we word. Love. I've been using the word grotesque I call them the corporations grotesque corporations. What um, so, I wanted to anyway, get at for you. Well, just, is I'm, almost, I'm about to close the loop. Let me close the loop. So. So basically, what I'm saying is, <laughs> you're gonna be just fine, Hans. Just watch those five to seven videos. Read those two articles, and then watch three to five videos. <laughs> well, it's that's getting longer, what I Johnny. To get at it's getting longer. Ba- because of the drop this episode, it's not just me; it's our listeners. I want that stuff so I can drop it with the podcast on the Jerk Practice page, so people will know what the fuck we're all talking Ab- about. And then the absolutely, other thing is- absolutely. But here's the thing, though. You're, you're, this is the one thing that I needed to say is that. There are really great outlets. There really are great journalists and great news outlets. Like very easily, if you just got rid of all the corporate media, and I'm talking like MSNBC, CNN, Fox, New York Times, Washington Post, Vox, NPR, yeah, you heard me, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, like don't take my Buzzfeed, Johnny. Not my listicles. Yeah. (laughs) 
BuzzFeed, social media fucking news, fuck yous. You know what I mean? Don't Google take my Watertown public opinion. I, that's fine. I would rather read that any day of the fucking week, you know? And I'm sure, you know, that's written in some sort of fucking early click-based language. No offense, actually. That was culturally insensitive. All right, here we go. Yeah. True story. Now, the actual, that actually was culturally insensitive, and I am sorry. Um, but uh, it's kind of fun. Us mud people yeah. don't like this talk, Johnny. Yeah. Okay, but here's the real thing, guys. <laughs> Here's where you gotta. Here's where you gotta. I'm serious. Democracy Bring us home, now. Baby. Bring democracy us home. now. org. Do you guys know Amy Goodman and Democracy Now? If not, it's okay. I won't shame I, you. I no. do. I do know Democracy yeah. why, Now. Like Casey, why is that not your first go-to? You know what I mean. Every day. Demo- and, and I have some problems with Democracy Now, but we're not going to get into that. But like here. I was reading people.com today and two young girls were killed in a hammock accident. No, I'm not kidding. People, that's from Cincinnati. I'm so sorry for them. You know what I mean? Okay, here's the thing. People and Time Magazine, Newsweek, bad, bad, bad. US Today, bad. Okay, all right, here we go. Democracy Now, okay, dot org, okay. Commondreams.org, okay. Mintpressnews.com, all right. Uh, The Gray Zone dot com okay uh, also the gray zone on youtube all right are they going to be uh, happy that the they're gray... sponsoring this podcast now yes i think we um, might sink them. Do... okay there's a where show... do they stand on stepmoms there's a show called the rising which is on the hill on youtube you just type in the rising <laughs> it's very good um let's see it's like our apartment all over again then you got <laughs> let's see you got uh oh the jimmy door show is very good <laughs> Um, <laughs> let's see. We got uh, the icy roadie truckies. Let's see. Oh, moment of clarity with Lee Camp. Uh, of course, redacted tonight. You know the TV show I was on that's still going on. Type redacted tonight into YouTube. Moment Where? of clarity with Lee Camp. I mean, God, no, we, thank we, you. We put out more no, truth for this fucking country than can ever fucking be expected of any fucking human beings. Um, let's see. What else we got here? Hit us oh, with Empire one more. Files. Empire Files. Is Martin. I only need to do two more, and then I'm done. Then I'll have the whole list. And this is important. Okay. <laughs> the uh, I got. I, the and nation, then I have one question for you after this. The nation.com. The nation.com is good. They have a paywall. You only get three articles per month, but you can pay the paywall. You know, if you want to support journalism, that's fucking kind of good. Pretty good. They're not. I have some problems with them here and there, but generally they're quite good. Um, let's see here. And this is one. one Sounds more. like a pinko rag to me. So can I? Do I have? Do I have the floor? No. One more. I said. This I'm is, done. You said one more, and then said you said 11. This is the 11. You are, the, the real you, news. He's getting a couple shackles. The real news.com out of Baltimore. Great independent news center called the real news.com. Okay, there you go. Like, holy shit. I thought this would be tough to get out, like, in, like, the mainstream square, but now I'm being, like, repressed by my fucking friends. Like, they let out these 11 news. This, if everybody in the country just listened to this stuff, and then maybe for, like, the non corporate libertarians, you threw in, like, antiwar.com and, like, you know, like. Oh, he's sneaking you know, a like, couple more in there. Oh, see, now we're at 12, 13. You said news and 11, like and I'm said no. Com, I don't like, I don't like either one of these. He's you wanna, inundating you know, us with reputable news sources. Unbelievable. No, Lynn Ryan. No, Lynn Ryan. No, Lynn Ryan. No. If we just listened to those news channels and took in that content instead, the country would be way better, and so would the fucking world. Uh, Johnny, more like hypocrisy now. Okay. Oh, so I'm going oh, oh, to start. I was going to give you a softball question and ask you what your favorite wrestler is, but I know who it is. Who? Ric Flair. Oh, 
shit. No, it's not. Um, you're a baby fit. You're a heel all the way. No, no. I, uh, I'll tell you this. We should start a website called Democracy right now, but Amy Goodman out of business. You know what I mean? All right, that's thirteen. You've you've already you're you're Johnny. Yes. Are you still you're represented by Johnny, uh, Are you still represented by that guy? Are you still repped by um, my fucking manager? Well, I mean, he doesn't do shit for me, but I did make a life contract with him, so yeah. Um, <laughs> you you heard that blood? Uh, it's like John Wick. There was all yeah, that. Carlton. There's all that news. Everything's going on, but did you hear the new controversy surrounding your agent? Did you hear about that? Dude, I'll be honest with you. I don't. I try not to pay attention to him because he's fucked over my career and my life so much. He's like, I've not made that much money doing comedy, but he's stolen a lot of it. You know what I mean? All right, like, guys. I, I don't know. What, Johnny, what happened? This what, is, what happened? you got to listen to this. This was just, just over the, uh, the news media today. This just came out on uh, democracynow.com. You guys got to listen to this audio. It's going to be a little upsetting to you, org. Johnny. But um, unfortunately, it sounds like old... Um, Old Carlton S. Doomp has a few skeletons in his closet. Listen to this. Oh, hello there, John F. O'Donnell's Legion of Fans. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Carlton S. Doomp, and I am a substitute P.E. teacher by day and a comedy manager by night. I'm brand new at it. But I've always wanted to be in the entertainment industry. And I thought to myself one day, when I was facilitating a game of 7th grade intergender kickball, if not then, why not now? And if not now, then when? Never? I think not. And today is truly a great day for Carlton S. Dope. The Doomster, if you will, because I have officially signed my first and only client. You know him and love him. He's the jubilant jester of jokes, the bouncing purveyor of punchlines, the high priestess of hilarity, the indestructible John F. O'Donnell. And we've hooked him up with a brand new website, www.jfogglovesyou.com. Come, and I want you to take a look above me right now. I want you to take a look at all the children lovingly clinging to J5. Eh? Those are the John F. O'Donnell Little Urban Achievers. He has adopted each and every one of them, and he supports them fully, financially, emotionally, psychologically, and physically. All with the money he makes from his little comedies. But times are tough. Look at that entire picture. Look at it. Clearly, Jay Fod and those kids are stuck in the middle of one of the recent daily New York City riots. The police are there in full riot gear. Plus, the building is clearly on fire. And I'm willing to bet the farm that that rapist Kano from Mortal Kombat has something to do with it. Still, the little urban achievers are all smiling and laughing because they feel safe under the wing of John F. O'Donnell. J-Fod loves them, and they know it. And guess what? J-Fod loves you, too. And you know it. 
Like, this guy, this is the thing that makes me happy about the fact that he can kind of DIY it now, so you don't need to rely on these gatekeeper fucks. I mean, this fucking guy, he fucking brought me, dude, he would, I was like, so I was in the Midwest doing comedy, right? He goes, oh, you know, Missouri is looking for comedians. Missouri's not getting a lot of stand-ups right now. I can book you some shows in the Ozarks. And I'm like, really? Okay. But I go out there, and it's like these dudes, it's like these real mountain men type folks, like real, like, men, you know? And I'm like this city kid, and I'm out there. I'm doing these things in the Ozarks. I'm bombing. They're, like, fucking threatening me. They're, like, insulting me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, calling me the F word and uh, all that shit, right? And so then I just start drinking, and they give me moonshine, and I'm drinking it. And with Carlton as dude, and he's kind of, like, feeding me more and more of it. Fucker. And I get blackout fucking drunk. And I remember, and I only remember in the morning, it's like, I woke up and I was like bleeding out of my hand or it was like, like it was blood. And there was this contract, ironclad, and I signed it in blood. And it is, and it was 51% of my life rights, you know, to Carlton has new. And I, and I, I've like, and my fucking, my father's a fucking lawyer, real estate attorney, but it's still a lawyer. And I have an entertainment lawyer who I actually do get along with Josh. And they're like, no, we can't get you can't get you out of this and uh ever since he's just been fucking me up dude and yeah i mean he's always like he's you know he's always like uh he's always just fucking he just he, you know it is it's almost like you know it's exactly it's like this it's like the u.s embargo in cuba you know for the past 50 years it's like not allowing <laughs> the Cuban economy oh my God. to flourish. Oh my putting God. Putting a suspension All right. of animation there. Here we go. That's All like right. what he's done for me in my career. I got, hey, listen. Johnny, I, wanna, I, gotta, I, gotta, I got one more for all you guys, and I think it'll take us it'll, – it'll, it'll bring it all around full circle. I'll start it off with this. I'll hit back to my sweet question. We'll close it up. I'll start off with my baby – Cares for the dead. Oh God, he's giving me goosebumps. But uh, when I'm okay, the Daniel Johnson thing. Now, I have been. I introduced you to his music, right? Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. Because I can I I became familiar with him. I think back in like 2005. Um, when I actually watched that, I was introduced to him. I saw that documentary. Uh, Eric Andre showed me that documentary. Oh yeah. Um, and I just talked to Eric the other day, and he's doing well. He's got a Netflix special coming out tomorrow. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. Today's cool. Monday the 22nd. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, he uh, we watched that together, and I was just totally enthralled, you know, because me and Daniel, the same diagnosis, he was bipolar, you know. And so, I remember when I showed you the music, I was because it was such vulnerable, beautiful music. It's like, it's so deep. It's like, it's... Uh, pushing out a vulnerability of a level of fucking emotional and psychological pain and it's just so fucking courageous to do it and there's such a vulnerability about it and then when you see his story and it's like it really makes the music really really moving now that being said he's turned out so much that some of it is like oh this is kind of tough to wrap my head around this is kind of tough to hear love listen to but so much of it is so good and then some of it it's like it's like this is some of the most beautiful you know uh, eerie music i've ever heard uh, in my life, certainly not for for everybody. You know, I think it's probably for the folks that have maybe you know been kicked in the teeth by life, some or processing some emotional pain, dealt with some depression and stuff like that. Uh, but also for me, it's like I would. So I would, you know, I got a Daniel Johnson T-shirt. I would wear it was in my heavy rotation. I would wear it for years. But it was also the sort of thing where I would go for a long time without listening to his music, but I would still wear his shirt because I wanted to like 
rep him, but I wasn't really for me in a place mentally where I needed to calibrate or resonate with that particular level of darkness. Um, but anyway, when I played it to Hans, you know, he took to it real quick. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? And yeah. I think I don't think Casey. I think Casey was into it, but like I specifically remember how much you really got into it. And I was so appreciative of that because we could both really resonate, really, really kind of connect over that music. Which oftentimes I'd listen to that music always by myself. You know, it's potentially a very isolating thing to listen to. So you know what I mean. So for your you to have the appreciation of some of those songs. Uh, as much as I did, and in some cases maybe more, you know, or are you to be excited about it and for it to really resonate? That's really cool. And you know what? Maybe that should have maybe tipped my hat more to like, oh, if this is so much of this is resonating with Hans, he must be dealing with or having dealt with the dark side of things, the depression side of stuff, you know? Just because you were never forthcoming to reveal any of that to me, Hans, you know what I mean, when we lived it. But, uh, but, uh, but yeah, but I remember, uh, you know, like uh, some of that stuff, like I'll say some of those songs. That song, uh, Some Things Last a Long Time. Oh, yeah. Something lasts a long time. Oh, gosh. And so, so it's the sort of thing where Daniel Johnston, for me, I, I guess I've always, I've always seen him as a kindred spirit in the respect that he's somebody that's dealt with a lot of psychological pain and has been, you know, and has been compelled to make art out of it and uh and that's been a salvation for him because in addition to all of his music he's also you know done a lot of like uh, a lot of artwork and stuff he's got a really kind of like cool sensibility of the content that he does there and he's just somebody trying to make the best out of the hand he got dealt you know what i mean and i think uh i think there's a reason that so many musicians you know musicians musicians find him to be a musician's musician's musician you know like right. there's an amazing tribute album to him that came out you know some years ago um and i uh i think for us dude you know it was like it just it was one of those things that we both needed in our life uh to kind of allow us to resonate and push through and live in and heal uh from our from the depressions that we've that we've suffered and processed the thing is this it's like i really look at it uh because like you know i really think that i don't understand or know everything about his thought and stuff but i really think that carl young carl gustav young cg young j-u-n-g yeah the the inventor of clinical clinical psychology uh i think that he or analytic psychology i think that he he's a disciple of freud who split off he's way more prolific uh I think that he's right on so many things. And I think he's right when he says that you can't really achieve any sort of like um, worthwhile levels of like of consciousness if you don't go through pain, deal with pain in this life. And so that's why I think folks that are dealing with that stuff, and so many people are dealing with this. This is not like an elitist or an exclusionary statement. It's like, who's not felt bad? You know, like, but it's like, you know, it's like going through all that stuff makes us. It makes us more human because we push through, we figure out how to have, if we can push through, we figure out how to have more compassion for ourselves and forgive ourselves, and that makes us more attuned and more empathetic and sympathetic and compassionate to other people. And I don't feel like, oh, I'm one of these mentally broken people who's doing well relative to my chronic mental illness. I feel like someone is like, oh, no, I've been through the ringer left, right, and center, and I've pushed back every time, and I've done my best, and it's because of, you know, 
family, friends, support network, also wherewithal, confidence, you know, create creative outlet, taking my mental health into my into my uh, into my into my into my heart, making it central to my life, and then also doing good works, helping other people, you know, like not sitting by and just being cruel with injustice, you know, whatever, whatever the thing is, all of that stuff, like. I feel like I am one of the least mentally ill people in the fucking country right now. And that is why we love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Johnny, drop it. Tell us, tell people, um, you know, uh, what you got going on. You had mentioned you got the new special drop in. Tell them where they can find it. Tell them where they can find, you know, um, this uh, uh, packet, all this information you were talking about. And then, of course, the podcast. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, yeah. Also, Hans, I am. I mean, I am down to come on anytime that you want. Just, to, I would love to just hang out and talk anytime that you want. So, of course, like, we love you, Johnny. That um, that goes without saying. Of course. Cool. Uh, well, I'm just saying. I mean, like, dude, at this point, I just really like connecting with my favorite people. You know, like, I mean, fuck, we're, and you know what? We have so many chapters of friendship and collaboration and creativity and fun times ahead of us. Like. You don't even know. I mean, I don't either. But it's like, it's going to get glorious, dude. I promise. As Zora Neale Hurston once wrote, it's all on the horizon line, baby. I'm sure that's an amazing book. But uh, but uh, <laughs> anyway, for real, it would mean the most, a lot to me, if uh, you jerk practicers, um, jerk practicize. The jerks. Uh, join my, you jerks, if you join my newsletter so you can stay connected. I work really hard on it, and it's a fun Thing. It's, it only comes out about twice a month, and it's like extended story, YouTube video, and access to the podcast, and there's going to be extras and stuff, too. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's jfodnews.com, jfodnews.com. Uh, yeah, and then the stand-up special is exciting. It's coming out. It's called The Manic Depressive Chocolate Fountain Operator, um, and uh, it's going to be on my buddy Lee Camp's uh, YouTube channel called Moment of Clarity. So there's a couple ways to find it. You can go to you can just type moment of clarity into YouTube, um, and then you should be able to find it there. Or if you type John F. O'Donnell into YouTube, you'll find my page. You go to that, subscribe, find it through there. I'll probably have the trailer or something. Yeah, called the Manic Depressive Chocolate Van Opera. You find it on YouTube. Um, and then yeah, the uh, the next thing is this podcast. We're in the podcast realm. I got a podcast. I'm really proud of it. It's called Take Your Pills, Psychopath. Um, Hans was recently on it. They're a three parter. Uh, super, he's great. And um, basically, yeah, you go to takeyourpillspod.com, takeyourpillspod.com, check that out. And basically, we're, you know, everybody listens, we're all psychos, you know, we're a community of psychos. Hey, what's up, psychos? Welcome to Take Your Pills, Psychopath, the comedy podcast that exploits mental illness for personal property. I'm Boom. sorry, for personal profit, trademark, whatever. I just have this personal property thing going on in my mind because I'm really confused about things. I'm not confused. There's a lot going on politically. But anyway, that's well, the logline, guys. I fucked it up. I fucked it up. I fucked up the logline. You did Okay. okay. But Take, also... No, I did. I did. No, but it's okay. But it doesn't matter. It's okay. There, you guys are yeah. also all going to be able to find all of these links, all this information in the this podcast notes page, too. So they'll be able to find it through there. We'll make sure to put everything up on JP's to support JFOD as well. Um, we love you. I know everybody mm-hmm. listening loves you. They got to go check out the pod. They got to check out your special. And just follow everything you do because you're prolific and you're joyful and you're hilarious. That's the truth. Thanks, buddy. That's the truth. All right, gang.
Jerk practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. Pump-de-dum-pump-de-pump-de-pump-de-pump. Me, Stanislav's at the pump here. I'm the star from afar, twice removed. I'm the agent to the agents. I rep the reps. And believe you me, I put in my reps. When it comes to my protege, Mr. Carlton S. Doom. And you know where the oomp comes from. Poomp. There it is. He was a dump from the jump before I came along. Yeah, yeah, he repped John F. O'Donnell. But I repped him right into that deal. I says, I says there's this new kid coming around. Gonna be the apes, tits, the bees, knees, the barrels, bung, if you know what I mean. Okay? I says, let me represent you to represent him. Usual fees apply, my 25% to the 10%. You know, it's a win-win. And then, and then he was in. He's in the biz. The blow business of Hollyqueered. I mean, he's really putting into hard twerk. All of a sudden, he's managing Hackman's brother Tony, early James Jonasson, Robin Yunt. I mean, but nary a mention, nary a hiding, nary a hair of old Stan Plump. I mean, I mean, I'm Stan Stanislav's death plump. I repped Liverpool's one and only Beatles' dead artist bass player Stu Suffcliffe's mom's wife's agent, for Chris' sakes. I'm self-made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know who's, who's not self-made? Who's self, more like maid of honor to the real deal? Me, Stanislav's Zet plump. It's Carlton S. Dump. Give me my cred, bro. All right, now you all know what I know. Plump. Hey, I love you. One thing I want to say that you know, that last thing that I said before the plugs that was like uh, like super super sweet. Can you send me a clip of that? Yeah, I'll send you whatever you want. Of course. Of course. See, see, you jerks, you listen. See, I am funny. I am all those things, but I'm also such as so self aware of my like tension towards narcissism and ego. That I can't even help myself where in real time, while my friend is complimenting me, I'm already plotting and scheming about how that last thing that I said, which is the first time I've ever said at the end of something, I feel like I'm one of the most mentally, least mentally ill people in the country. I've never said that before, but I was like, ooh, I might be able to, you know, like release that as like a little audio clip or something. So, you know, but you don't, but just for your listeners at home, you don't do that at the end of a podcast while he's trying to wrap it up and you do the plugs. You just say that afterwards with like a text. You know, not you're a, doing it during. Everybody listening knows not on the Jerk Practice Podcast, baby. This is all money, all money. Sean Kent. Sean Kent. Sean Kent. I've fucked it up Kemp, now. Kemp, Sean Kemp Dunks. Kemp. We love you all. Love you, John. All right. Love you. Color are 